The fact that we as people recognize there's bad out there means there's a standard by mm-hmm. which we measure good. And if there is a moral standard, if there's a good, then there has to be a, a good giver mm-hmm. or a moral law giver. And that's who we say is God. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us, Robbie Lashua. Did I say that right? Yeah, Lashua is close. Yeah. Lashua? You said Joshua, Lashua, Lashua. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> Rob, Robbie is a brilliant guy. Super excited to have you with us on the podcast. Thanks. Uh, Robbie, tell us a little bit of, of your story. So tell us about the organization you work for mm-hmm. and, and how you got there. Just kind of a, a quick synopsis. Yeah, so I work for Stand to Reason. They're an apologetics ministry out of Southern California. So somebody uh, who's listening who's like, what does apologetics mean? Yeah. Un- un- unpack that real quick and then, sorry, I'll, I'll try not to interrupt no, you too many good. times here. Apologetics is... Uh, defending the faith. Mm-hmm. What are the reasons and evidences we have for the faith that we have? Because we don't have a blind faith, we have a reasonable faith. Mm-hmm. And so we look into science and philosophy and archaeology and all these different disciplines to uh, erect a strong, robust argument for Christianity. Hence and, the name Stand to Reason. Yes, yeah. that's, that's it. And Christianity does have the best answers out there for any worldview. Like we have the evidence. And so we want to help people see what it is, be able to find it on our website, and uh, be encouraged in their faith. Yeah. So how did you end up in that that world? So you have a ministry and uh, ministry background in youth ministry, correct? Mm-hmm. So you're working with students. And my guess is students ask lots of questions. Yeah, they do. And we started actually doing apologetics mission trips with our students. So we took them, we trained them six months on Mormonism. Then we went to Salt Lake City and did a Mormon and apologetics trip. We trained them on atheism for six months. And this summer we went to Cal State Berkeley actually and had all these atheist professors come in and tell them why Christianity is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they could interact and we'd go out in the and, and talk with students. And so just through doing that, seeing how important it was to develop strong students to remain in the faith mm-hmm. uh, meant taking them into the lion's den and mm-hmm. letting people go at them after you train them yeah. and then debriefing. And so we saw such success with that with that, that my church asked me to do it with uh, adults. And so uh-huh. I became pastor of apologetics um, for adults and uh left student ministry about six years ago. So, okay. Yeah. What, what's your faith journey? How did, how did you end up coming to faith in Jesus? Um, because of my family. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I grew up in a small town in Northern Arizona and um, my grandpa moved out there actually from the Bay area to be a pastor in the seventies. And mm-hmm. so my mom and dad met in high school and then I was born and my grandpa was a pastor. And so just hearing the gospel from the time I was a kid, I believed in it at vacation Bible school yep. when I was a little yep. guy, got baptized by my grandpa. And then um, I just walked with the Lord ever since I did all the typical typical youth group, Awana, yep. all that kind of stuff, went to Bible college. I never had like a crisis of faith or a mm-hmm. time where I rebelled. I just, I always thought this makes the most sense out of everything. I do find yeah. it interesting because I, I, I've seen a lot of kids, when you introduce them to Jesus, kids typically genuinely love Jesus. They just yeah. want the introduction. Like, and they're no, like, it's very oh, true. Oh, I, yeah, I love Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. They'll talk to Jesus. It's when we're adults that, that sometimes we have to undo some of our, our learning that that makes us skeptical or, or whatever That's true. Uh, towards a, towards a savior, towards Jesus being God in the flesh. And, and, and there is a hesitation the older we get, but yeah, kids typically they're like, no, this totally makes sense. I think it's because they understand reality. Like it resonates with them and yeah. they're not, they're not jaded yet. So, yeah. which explains why Jesus often points out, he's like, no, 
the kingdom of heaven belongs to these guys. Like they get yeah. it. Like they understand yeah. exactly and what's going Paul on And where Paul says, here. you know, we all, everyone knows there's a God, but we mm-hmm. suppress the truth and unrighteousness, yeah. right? So if you get them when they're young and there's not a lot of unrighteousness there. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. I think I think it's easier. All right. So I'm not going to give you a softball question here. I'm going to give you a, a tough one because this is okay. something that I think believers, non-believers, atheists, you, you pick the, the category people wrestle with is, okay, how can there be a good God when, when there's evil in the world? And if you turn mm-hmm. on the news, I mean, news is built around, like, let's highlight everything evil going on. And there's a, there's a lot. And then you look at people's personal stories and every, every personal story, at some point, evil's going to intersect with, with their story. And there's going to be these moments that they go, if God's good, then why this? Then why yeah. did my mom get cancer? Then why did this happen to my child? Then why does this happen in the world? Why is there famine? Why is there, you know, and, and people wrestle with how could there be a good God in the midst of, of evil and, mm-hmm. and things that are just clearly wrong? Um, so that's a big one. What, what, what's your insights on that? Or, or how have you coached and trained to, uh, to these students to understand, okay, that's a big question. How do you respond to that? Well, as, as Christians, our worldview states God made everything good in the first place because mm-hmm. he can't do evil because he is a good God. And then we broke it. So that's, that's Adam and Eve at the fall didn't just infect our species with sin and, and depravity, but we broke the world. That's why mm-hmm. the ground was cursed in mm-hmm. Adam, right? The Adam cursed, uh, the Adamah ground was cursed because of the Adam. That's what it mm-hmm. says in Hebrew. And so we brought about natural disaster. We brought about disease. We brought about all this stuff. And instead of us having domain over it, it now has domain over us. Mm-hmm. And so the world's broken. And the fact that we recognize that it's broken should point us to, we need a solution. Mm-hmm. And so I think that evil and the existence of it actually proves there's a God who exists. So like the Suns are really great right now. And it's like the best thing in the world to yeah. me as <laughs> like yeah. a lifelong Suns fan. Same. I'm actually, I'm going to the game this week. Awesome. So, Dude, I went yeah. last. Anyways. Yeah. Well, yeah. So um, we know Devin Booker is one of the best Suns because of the rules, mm-hmm. right? If there wasn't an out of bounds line and there wasn't a three point line and there wasn't a shooting percentage and there weren't all these rules, we couldn't know who's good or who's bad. Mm-hmm. So the, the, because we recognize some guys are bad that we've traded away and didn't want, mm-hmm. it means that there's a standard by which we measure good. Yeah. The fact that we as people recognize there's bad out there means there's a standard by mm-hmm. which we measure good. And if there is a moral standard, if there's a good, then there has to be a, a good giver mm-hmm. or a moral law giver. And that's who we say is God. So when people point to evil... I ask them if they're atheists, especially Mm -hmm. I say, well, how can you even recognize that's evil? You don't have a standard. Yeah. You don't have the rules. I have the rules. Whether you believe in the rule book of the Bible or not, you believe there is a rule book because you do have some kind of standard for morality. Yeah. But then when you press them on it, they'll say, well, it's just through evolution and biology and it just developed within us and it's not really there. Mm -hmm. So it's an illusion of standard. So then why are you so upset about it? Mm Mm-hmm. But they are. And it's because we actually live in the world God created um, and, and we recognize that there is evil. And so the fact that evil exists, the question for Christians is why is God allowing it? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of reasons for it. One of the reasons is because it helps us to know who he is. I, I, I can't understand he's a forgiving God if there's nothing for me to be forgiven of. Yeah. I can't understand he's righteous without understanding the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so he, he communicates who he is through it. 
Um, he allows us to actually make real choices in this world because this is a serious world. It's not a predetermined everything is going to go exactly how it's laid out world. Uh, he gives us free choices. And uh, some of those choices actually have eternal impact. Mm-hmm. And so it's a serious world, right, where there's real decisions made that have eternal consequences. He also allows us to build who we're going to be in eternity through it. He also allows us to earn rewards in heaven through it. So there's a lot of reasons that he allows it. Mm-hmm. But we also got to remember he came to fix it. Yeah. He's not a guy who just looks and goes, oh, man, that's tough on you guys. Yep. He sent his son he to die to absorb the, the that we created. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the other thing that Christianity has that other worldviews don't have. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so what's your solution? Yeah. Nothing. I, I remember the atheist um, Christopher Hitchens died of cancer, you know, and mm-hmm. I think it was in 2016. And all I kept thinking is, I wonder what he thinks about cancer. Because mm-hmm. he can't say this is an evil. Mm-hmm. He just has to say, this is my circumstance. But it's still happening to him. So you can be as mad at God you mm-hmm. want about it, but you don't even think there's a God who's there. So what's the atheist answer for evil? Because they recognize it. Yeah. So that's what I always ask them that. Well, what do you think about it? Like, where does it come from? Why is it? Why don't you like it? Mm-hmm. And they just have to go, well, I don't prefer it, but it's not really bad. Yeah. Really? Because I think it's bad, right? So those it's, are some of the things I talk about with with evil and why God allows it. Yeah. There's there's this interesting emotional response I think we have as humanity that, that's natural. Um, and even an atheist, you know, it's it's funny how sometimes I'll talk to atheists and it's like, wow, you're really angry at a God who doesn't exist. And, yeah. and there there is that emotional side. When things go bad, we typically blame God. Mm-hmm. When things go good, we take credit. Right. Yeah, like, sure. hey, my life is going good I'm right now. It's because I'm working so hard. It's because <laughs> yeah. I put in the effort. It's because, you know, I've done all the right things. And when things go bad, we shake our fist at God and go, God, why'd you do this? Yep. Um, and, and theologically, anything good's from God mm-hmm. and, and everything bad, we've created that. And that that's a hard reality for us to put that filter on and understand because emotionally, we don't naturally do that. We blame no. God and we, we give ourselves credit. Well, and even getting into... Because I think this is important for Christians to understand. When we say what is evil, mm-hmm. we can point to examples of it. Mm-hmm. But what is it? Yeah. And it's the lack of good. It's yeah. deterioration, mm-hmm. right? And that's something people don't get. So so God can't inflict a lack of what he is. Yeah. He can allow it to happen and he can allow rust to, you know, harm a classic car, mm-hmm. right? And that's what it's doing in our lives. So that's why death is evil because it's deterioration of the good bodies God created for us. That's Mm why, um, you know, natural evil forest fires or hurricanes or whatever Mm -hmm. are devastating because they're destroying the way things should have been. And that's what we always say. Well, it shouldn't have been like this, right? right? Because we deep down know that the world was supposed to be good and we were supposed to rule over it. So the hope that we have as Believers in Jesus, if you're listening, you're, you're a believer in, in Jesus and, and what Jesus represents and scripture. The hope is the, the Bible's a beginning, middle, new beginning story that, mm-hmm. that yes, we are in decay, we are in chaos, uh, but God hasn't abandoned the original plan, that, that there is a, a new heaven, a new earth, mm-hmm. that there's the doing away with of death and mourning and crying and shame and, and the effects of sin and the ripple of all of that. There's a redemption to that. Um, and there's new bodies that don't decay. And there's, you know, the, yeah. the, this hope that we have that uh, when you are facing cancer, when you are facing those things, 
um, that doesn't have the final say. Well, and the, the other thing that I think is really cool for us as Christians is our story makes sense because what God's doing through evil with us as believers, because mm-hmm. like you said, one day we're going to get a body that's not infected with sin anymore. And people always ask, well, does that mean your free will's taken away so that you won't sin like Adam and Eve did? Mm-hmm. No, we can't become a lack of what we are. And free will is a part of the image of God. But what he's doing is he's ensuring that we will never choose to go against him again because we lived through this horrible life mm-hmm. of sin and death and watching everybody we love die so that when we're enabled to do freely what we know is the right thing to do, we'll never choose to go against it again. Adam and Eve didn't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. They were just born in neutral, right? Their in- innocence mm-hmm. is what we call it. And so the fact that we've lived through the gamut of evil, come out the other side, ensures that we will never choose to do it again because we know how stupid it is. It's yeah. a brilliant plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's in so many ways, to your point, it's it's perfect. And I I'd, I'd forget exactly the the quote, uh, but the question was, you know, what what's better than if we had just never sinned to begin with? Uh, well, the better thing is is a redeemed mankind. Yeah, that's the most beautiful story yes. of all the stories you could have written of humanity and and God and creation and all of that. It, it's it's exactly what you're describing. Yep. And, and uh, to know that God came to sa- self-sacrifice right. is the epitome of love. We couldn't have known that mm-hmm. unless he allowed evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a depth to that story. Yeah, that, that it's we the will greatest spend eternity story. Unpacking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, talk, talk to us a little bit because I, I hear this talking to whether it's students, whether it's adults, there, there tends to be a hesitancy, especially for those that, that would be in the intellectual crowd that are like, hey, I'm getting into this field. I'm getting into mathematics. Or I'm getting into the medical field. And mm-hmm. I just don't see how faith aligns with with science and all of that. And there's there's been kind of this cultural thing of, hey, to be scientific, you, you can't be faith-based. And, mm-hmm. and talk to us a little bit about that tension, maybe that people feel why they feel it and, and your response to that. Well, why they feel it is because it's not because of science. Mm-hmm. Science is studying things and looking for repeatability. Yeah. Science is a tool that all of us can use, whether you're an atheist or a yeah. Christian or yeah. whoever anybody. You are. Yeah. How you interpret the data, right? Mm-hmm. But scientism is a philosophy that people act like is science. And let me explain it. So scientism is it's pretty much a faith position that people take it's of a, a naturalistic uh-huh. worldview. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And so scientism excludes any supernatural mm-hmm. from even being allowed to the discussion before it looks at the evidence. That's right. Yeah. As Christians, we look at the evidence and then conclude what what the what the conclusion is, right? We look towards what has actually happened and we don't exclude the supernatural. So we're actually the open-minded ones when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But scientism has infiltrated um, the universities mm-hmm. and our culture for about a hundred, over a hundred years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really what's what's being battled there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not science per se. So there's a ton of scientists right now uh, at the Discovery Institute in Seattle. And, and a lot of them aren't Christians, but they're seeing through science that there's an intelligent designer mm-hmm. to things mm-hmm. and that the neo-Darwinian evolution isn't true. It's dying. It's, yeah. It is dying. And in, in, in circles. So there was this, there was this uh, meeting in, uh, in Europe at the oldest scientist community that was started by John Newton. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And this was in 2016. Stephen Meyer talks about this. And he was saying that they get there and the scientists of our day are discussing, hey, what's our real explanation for origins? Because this Darwin thing, we all know it's not yeah, true. Mathematics <laughs> blew that thing apart. Yeah, yeah it's no, not working. Yeah. And so the the history books, not the history books, the biology books need to be rewritten mm-hmm. because they know that's that's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it is dying. Um, but when people feel that tension, it's a real tension because you can get fired for holding to this position. Yeah. I, I know there's this PhD student who's writing his, his dissertation on intelligent design and his advisor told him, don't do that because you will flunk out of school. It's mm-hmm. great. And it makes sense and it's good science, but you can't do it because of it our scientism. The, the worldview. Yeah. yeah. And so that is happening. People are getting fired for their jobs um, because of this. People aren't being given opportunities because of it. So it's a real tension, but it's not because of science. Science yeah. and, and Christianity don't butt heads. Um, we need to do good exegesis mm-hmm. and we need to do good science and see how this world fits together. I find it fascinating, too, in the scientific world, these, you know, new theories and new discoveries and all of that and and how there's a, a growing belief in panspermia that, okay, sure. something outside of Earth had to have planted life yes. within Earth. It's like, yeah, that sounds a lot like the Bible. You We've know, been or, saying that for thousands of years. And you talk about yeah. supernatural <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, you, you get into... All, all the theoretical physicists going, oh, there's got to be multiple universe. There's got to be something outside of what we see yeah. that's affecting what we see. Which is some kind of yeah. a, yeah. And they're, they're describing supernatural yes. things. And, yeah. and all these kind of where the road is headed is, yeah, there's something supernatural going on yep. or there's something outside of earth going on that in, in our origin story. And, um, and again, it's, yeah. The Bible's been saying it all along. That's right. I love that quote by G.K. Chesterton because when he was looking at Christianity, he talked about how I was climbing this mountain and I was trying to discover truth. And I got to the top and I looked over the last peak and I realized that there was this band of theologians there the whole time. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth of it, man. Christianity is true. And I'm I'm glad that culture is catching up to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we've, we've had it because God told us. Now, we were talking before we, we started recording, and you, you were talking to me about when you have conversations with your atheist friends, when you're mm-hmm. interacting with people, um, it, it'd be real easy to go down one of these rabbit trails or kind of have a, you know, a pet apologetic thing, a thing mm-hmm. that, oh, I love discussing this. I love talking about X, Y, Z. Uh, you, you typically talk about the resurrection. Yeah. So rather than talking about, okay, is the Bible inerrant, whatever, whatever, you talk about an event in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that? And why do you, why do you choose that as kind of your focal point of, of conversation? Well, because everything about Christianity hinges on whether Jesus rose from the dead or not. Yeah. Paul says that. He says, yeah. if, if there, there was no resurrection, then, then this is all in vain. Yep. And you guys need to feel really bad for me because I abandoned a whole lot for this and I've been <laughs> yeah. through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm paraphrasing. But, yeah. First Corinthians yeah. 15. That, yeah. That's exactly it. And so we're idiots if he didn't rise from the dead. Mm-hmm. Everything hinges on that. Mm-hmm. So if, Christ, if Jesus rose from the dead, Christianity follows. If he didn't, Christianity is a failure and we're idiots for being in a church right now. Yeah. Like it's just true. Yeah. And so um, I like to take people to that because that's what everything's about. I think that if you can convince people that Jesus rose from the dead, all these other questions they have follow from that because mm-hmm. Jesus rising from the dead is the most credible witness to God's existence or to the Bible's reliability mm-hmm. or to the morality taught in scripture or to whatever. Yeah. Because 
everybody else and every other voice I'm listening to in culture, they haven't done that. Mm -hmm. They haven't predicted they'd rise from the dead and then do it. So there's some credibility. There's like a stamp of approval on that guy. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that because that's a really big deal. So I take people to the resurrection and it just so happens that as Christians, we have copious amounts of evidence that he did rise from the dead. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's not it's not a myth. It's not wishful thinking. We know where it happened. You can go to his tomb today. I mean, mm -hmm. it's fascinating all the evidence that we have philosophically, scientifically, archaeologically. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So I take people to that. So how it works is I, I had this conversation with one of my atheist friends and I said, okay, so he left Christianity to become an atheist. Mm -hmm. And I said, why aren't you a Christian anymore? And he said, well, because I believe evolution is true. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't think there's good evidence for macro evolution, yep. right? But he does. I said, okay, so really, like, what's the big deal with Christianity then? Be because there are Christians who believe in theistic evolution. Mm -hmm. I don't. But there are Christians who believe in it. So that doesn't kick you out of believing Jesus rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. So I told him, okay, so what does that prove? That we have to interpret Genesis differently. Mm -hmm. So why aren't you a Christian? And he said, well, because the Bible's full of all these errors. And I just looked at him. I said, well, all the books you read are perfect and inerrant. Like all the, all the atheist books you read don't have issues in them. Well, no, of course they do. They have typos and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, but you still think you can gain truth through those. So why don't you give the Bible the same credit? Now I think the Bible's inerrant and mm -hmm. I think it's infallible. Right. And I think Yes. You're choosing not to go down these paths. But it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a rabbit trail mm -hmm. because they're arguing over an internal debate in Christianity, not about Christianity. That's right. They're, they're skirting the, the main issue at that point. Yes. And, and you're joining in if you go down those, those yeah. rabbit trails. And the first century church wasn't built on arguing Darwin because Darwin didn't no. exist. But it, it was built on an event. It was built on witnesses to a resurrected Christ. That's right. And, and that's what we got to go to. Yeah. I, I think that's the best apologetic because the other thing is most people can't remember 500 arguments for Christianity, yeah. but you can remember one. Yeah. And if you remember the most important one, which is the resurrection, then you're ready to talk about everything else. Does God exist? Well, a guy who rose from the dead said God existed and he said he's that God. I mean, so I think we get everything if we can convince people of that, and that's the thing we have the best evidence for. So there's other arguments you can go to, and they're mm -hmm. not bad. Mm -hmm. But I think if you have an hour over coffee with your friend, resurrection is probably your best bet. Yeah, which is also why, you know, as, as we celebrate Easter every year, mm -hmm. there's such a great opportunity to invite friends, to invite yeah. people. Uh, there's a lot of weekends people say no to coming to church with you. Easter, even even people like neighbors, friends, family that, that typically wouldn't, they're like, all right, I guess it's, yeah, it's an Easter thing. To do we'll, that. Yeah, we'll do this. <laughs> um, and and there, every year, I'm just going to give you a spoiler. Every year at Sun Valley on Easter, guess what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about the resurrection. Yeah. Uh, because that, that really is, it, it's so important for those who haven't come to faith and for those who have to be reminded that mm -hmm. that really is, that is the central event. If there is no resurrection, we're all lost. Yep. And and so that's a, that's a big deal. Uh, any any closing thoughts that, that you have for us? We're kind of running out of time here, but this has been really, really good. And I know this is probably piquing some interest. Talk, talk to us real quick on, you guys have some resources. You guys mm -hmm. have a, a website. Give us a the, the quick plug on all that. Yeah. So if you guys want to go to str.org, we have a ton of articles, podcasts, videos. We have a whole STRU that's, um, there's, there's actually a new course that just came out on atheism. It's all completely free. Mm -hmm. And you guys can check that out. There's seriously 29 years of backlogs of articles and really good apologetics arguments written for normal people, right? Mm -hmm 
because mm-hmm. I, I read some of this stuff and it's cool, but I'm like, my family can't read this yeah. stuff, right? So we, we try to give it to people in a way that they can digest mm-hmm. so that we can go out and we can use it uh, to the glory of God. And so str.org is where you can check out all of our articles, videos, our courses, and we'd love to, to interact and answer any questions that people have. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to speak to the younger version of myself because I, I love apologetics. I love all this stuff. And when I was younger, I used to, I used to study apologetic arguments and all that. So I could have weapons mm-hmm. to go fight people with, you know? And, um, so I just want to say, if there's a young Robert listening to this going, man, I'm going to go get all these weapons and, um, <laughs> please don't, please don't do that. Uh, you you can be right about the content, but you could be wrong in how you go about it. And yeah. so, and I know, I know Robbie, that's your heart as well of let, let's love people. Let's listen to people, uh, but let's understand our faith and why we believe what we believe. And then great resources on that website. Yeah. Um, and, and grateful for all the ministry that you're a part of and that the Thanks. team's been a part of, um, and then helping us understand that we do have a reasonable faith Yes, and, and you can be a doctor and follow Jesus. And you can, you know, all, all these different scientific routes, or if you're analytical, logical, all that, uh, you, you can, you can reason, um, and, and have faith that that's reasonable. So, uh, thank you for that. Could you just close our time praying for, for our church, praying yeah. for those who are listening to the podcast? I know it's not just our church who listens, but, um, and, and that we would be a light in, in a world that does have evil. Absolutely. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful that you are alive right now, that you have your resurrected body, that you're the first fruits of what we're going to become one day, and that we're not just praying into a a myth or into the air or to some fairy tale our grandparents told us, but Lord, you're real. We thank you that we can trust that, not because you tell us just to trust you, but because you give us reason upon reason and evidence on evidence of why you actually rose from the dead. Lord, we're so thankful that you are a God who wants to prove who you are to us and wants to show us evidence. God, help us not to just um, believe something because we heard it, believe something because somebody told us, but to investigate and to have a reasonable faith, Lord, not a blind faith. I pray for the people here at Sun Valley, God, that they would be a light in their culture. Lord, I'm I'm so excited about the time period we live in. Um, it's not doomsday. It's not the end of the world. We can go out and we can carry the torch of the church for the time that you've given us to carry it. Lord, I pray that we would do that well. I pray that uh, every believer in in the valley here, Lord, would be doing that and be engaging with their neighbors and loving people as themselves like you tell us to. Lord, thank you that we can go out and speak truth, but help us to do it with grace. Help us to be gentle and respectful as we engage in these conversations, knowing that we're not trying to win arguments, but we're trying to win people. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Robbie, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.